1106, good morning from me, Peter Sherman, uh, here all week for Kelly, who is off back next Monday. Uh, we had a, a, a spate of shootings over the course of the weekend, and I, it prompted me to take a look at uh, how this stacks up against other years because, let's face it, this is not exactly a normal year in Toronto, but when it comes to uh, homicides, because we've had 36 to date, it's not far off the mark from last year. Last year, 2019, about 78 homicides for the year, which means that by the end of June, if we were averaging according to months, we would have had 39, and now it's uh, the middle of July and we've had 36, so it's not far off the mark. Uh, Police say a gunfire erupted near Jane Street and Woolner Avenue, north of St. Clair, around 10.20 p.m. This was on Friday, and it's believed two people opened gunfire from a gray sedan, and they were just indiscriminately shooting at individuals in the area, according to police, completely reckless, and the victim... Uh, who died, was identified as a 20-year-old, Mohammed Sow. And uh, you've got uh, an awful lot of other stuff going on. There were two separate incidents of gunfire, one at 10.45 on Saturday, two victims with wounds in Islington and Lakeshore area. Uh, you've got uh, a drive-by shooting, six to eight shots were fired. Uh, paramedics transported men to hospital in serious condition and uh, no sp- suspect, no vehicle information. And then uh, it goes on with stabbings of little children. You've heard about that. And uh, a man seriously injured by gunfire at the Scarborough Town Center. So, you know, we got this plague going on, right? Uh, it's essentially, it's, it's not a plague, but I call it that. We've got the, uh, the coronavirus. And you would think that that would keep people indoors. I guess not people with guns who want to make trouble. David Perry uh, is on the line. He is 640 Toronto's law enforcement analyst uh, and CEO of Investigative Solutions Network. How are you, David? Good morning. I'm doing well. Well, good. Uh, How are we doing as a city with all of this nonsense going on again? Well, not great, especially after the weekend that we just all witnessed. Um, It was one of those weekends where you see quite a spike in the number of shootings and some of those shootings resulting in homicides. They're they're never pretty, but they are very concerning and they go well beyond concerning. I I think that's the message we hear out of the mayor's office almost every time. And, And even out of Toronto police, there's not much else they can say, but... You know, we are starting to lose control of our streets when it comes to guns and gangs and uh, in spite of the efforts of the police. And, um, you know, the biggest change, Peter, that I've seen over the the last few years is the number of people who are actually carrying firearms. Uh, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Uh, You know, if I go back a year ago doing these shows... I can, I can, the, the words that I spoke echo in my ears. You know, when we were, we had guests on, yourself included, uh, but uh, we heard from the mayor, we heard from the chief of police, we heard from councillors, and what we were doing, we heard from Justin Trudeau. We're talking about uh, guns and gangs. We were throwing money at the situation at the federal level, at the provincial level, at the municipal level. Uh, We were talking about, uh, Tory was talking about eliminating guns altogether. And I I would posit that eliminating guns altogether is impossible because these people don't walk into a store and buy guns. And if they want them, they will have them. We talked about... uh, Shot Spotter, which was a microphone system that uh, would pinpoint where the shots were coming from. We talked about more cameras. I could go on for a while, but here we are. It's a year later. It's summer of 2020. Uh, the, the, undoubtedly the greatest year in everybody's book uh, to remember. Boy, do I wish I had a mulligan on that one. But anyway, the point is, we're not any better off. We're not. As a matter of fact, we're, we're worse off. And 
you know, it's one thing to look at homicide statistics to sort of get a, a sense of where we're headed with violent crime, but it's only one piece. It's the number of shootings and the number of people shot and injured that is, is really dramatically changed and it's gone up significantly. So What's that's our number biggest. to date of, of shootings? Forget about homicides for a moment, shootings. You know what? I, I've been on the road this morning. I haven't had time to look at the latest stats, but I, knew, I do know they're up significantly. And, uh, and that's sort of a trend. If you just, never mind this year, just look year after year after year. There's been a trend where you know, a number of shootings are going up. And Peter, you've seen it. I've seen it. We've seen live video clips where you know, somebody starts shooting and everybody else that's being shot out suddenly pulls out a gun. That tells you everything you need to know. There are way too many people illegally carrying firearms and, and prone to using them no matter what the scenario. And, and that's the biggest change in our city. That's the biggest change in the GTA uh, is that the number of people that are actually carrying these firearms. Yeah, I guess that's true, and you you would be in a position to know. I'll give you some numbers. I don't have 2020 to date, but uh, 2017, it was 395 shootings, up to 424 in 2018, and last year, uh, 490 shootings, and uh, 78 of those wound up fatal, so 78 homicides. And uh, you can see from the number so far this year that we're well on the way, notwithstanding COVID or anything else, to having this problem. Now, these are not... Uh, professional criminals for the most part in the sense that we were talking earlier about the guy who was shot in the uh, Burlington area from the Hamilton Mafia. These are gangbangers. They're gangbangers, yep, pure and simple. And uh, the thing that makes them uh, so dangerous is that they they don't care. They're, they're very indiscriminate in terms of where they you know, will settle their beefs or try and settle their beefs. It's always with a firearm or multiple firearms on both sides, and they're always the opportunity for innocent bystanders to get caught in the crossfire. And it's, it's, it's getting a little out of control. Did you see the video just a few weeks ago where there was a vigil for the rapper and uh, somebody drove by and started taking shots and there was a security camera that captured like no less than seven people pulled out firearms and returned fire. I mean, that, yes. that tells you what you need to know here. You know, I don't, I don't want to get into a carding debate, although I'm happy to do that with anybody. But we all predicted this when they said no more carding. Uh, and I just want you to think of it from the perspective, never mind the police, but if you're a bad guy and for many years you've had to stash your gun, have somebody else carry it for you, usually a woman in her purse, and when you need it, you have to either go get it or have somebody go get it. Think of all that inconvenience. Well, now, as soon as they're all sitting there and watching this whole carding issue and street investigation being taken off off the, the map, um, it, it's it's free will. They can carry look, these. You know, they know that nobody's going to stop them, and nobody's going to nobody's going to check to see if they're carrying. Exactly, and as you know, we're we're one meeting into a series of town halls, of which there will be four, and the people who are making deputations are saying almost uniformly that they want to defund the police, and and uh, some of them are talking totally defund the police, and at the very least, they're talking about taking away a fair chunk of change to uh, put the, this in the hands of uh, people who can handle mental health issues. Look, I these are worthy discussions. However, it doesn't change the fact that gangbangers who want to shoot the place up, who want to own guns, own it. And I might say, without uh, being in any way racially oriented, lives matter. Lives matter. Put anything yeah. in front of that that you want. And uh, we just got the figures that uh, you were without. But uh, I'll tell you, 234 shootings and firearms discharged to date in 2020 in the Toronto area, 107 people injured. That's right on target for um, matching last year. 
And, uh, and that's unacceptable in any year, but it's certainly unacceptable in a time where I, we're supposed to be sheltering and watching each other. Exactly. And here's the thing. We're at those numbers now. It's not even July 15th yet. It'll be July 15th on Wednesday. And we're, in, we're just entering the high season for shootings. I mean, July, August, September tend to be the highest uh, numbers of shootings because we're into the good weather. People are out and about. And, yeah, I, I know that we're in the, in the middle of a, a pandemic, um, but that doesn't affect, as you know, people that, that are criminal and, and want to carry about their criminal enterprise. They're, they're not slowing down. They're not stopping. They're, they're not only not worried about social distancing, they're not, they're not worried about engaging in, in, a, in a shootout with a rival gang member or even a perceived gang member. And here's the difference as well. There are shootings that have occurred in Toronto in, in recent times where at least it would appear that the person that was shot at was some innocent person who just happened to be driving in what we would classically call the wrong area at the wrong time. Yeah. Somebody looked at them, didn't like the way they looked, saw them as potentially a rival gang member or whatever, and they just opened fire. So that's how simple this, this gets on the street level. It's all about control of guns drugs and money and territory and they will fight to the death they will shoot it out with anybody who steps in their way and that's the biggest danger facing our cities today in canada last question david number one police issue i know we're over time but i i've got to ask this because you've been in law enforcement you're a former officer yourself now you do this for a living i don't I'm not talking about comment but uh, investigative solutions network is about that um so you know wherever you speak have we just basically um, whistled in the wind where it comes to spending money and buying equipment and putting cameras up and all the rest of it. Is that just for naught? Well, some of it's helpful. and Technology can certainly help. But you know what? It, it comes down to boots on the street. It comes down to laws that have teeth in them. And it comes down to having politicians that support their police services and don't fall to the whims of special interest groups who call racism on a particular issue and therefore it's been called out loud so it's it's abolished without any study or any look and listen i'm sensitive and 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 i i i can get the other side of the argument on this but boy oh boy we did this so quickly and we we tend to do that if, it, if it's a racially charged issue that we just fold the tent and politicians force the police to move away from you know policing that's worked for many years and i'm not saying it shouldn't be reformed changed articulated a lot better you know, public education and so on, but street investigations were the, the bread and butter of policing and keeping our community safe. It's no longer there. And uh, I'm sorry to say it again, but we all saw this coming. We all predicted it was coming, and I've talked publicly about it for quite some time. There should have been a middle ground rather than just abolishing what is commonly known as carding and street checks. There you go, and I couldn't agree with you more. David Perry, the summer of the gun is now every summer in the city of Toronto. Thanks so much for joining us. Well said. My pleasure. All right, David Perry, 640 Toronto Law Enforcement Analyst.